0: This podcast covers sensitive topics. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. We may also discuss major series spoilers, so be warned. Procedural, Procedural veneration. veneration.
1: veneration.
0: veneration. Murdered. Murder. Murder.
1: And relevant fails of this continuing star. Photons, photons, photons. Oh. A, uh, to confess.
0: The the twist. That cop is tough, but sexy. hello and welcome to procedural veneration the podcast where we take your favorite bits of cop propaganda and talk about them all too earnestly i'm your host hank
1: and I'm your host, Daphne.
0: In order to have a meaningful discussion about the show we might not have seen before, we use the extremely fair and valid IMDb ratings to select the cream of the crop, the bottom of the barrel, and the absolute most mid of episodes. This week, we're diving into a spin-off of the show we most recently talked about, everybody's favorite, CSI Miami. All right, Daphne, this is a show that's near and dear to your heart. So before we get into this, I want to talk about what CSI Miami means to you.
1: Oh, boy. I was afraid of this, Um, (laughs) mostly because I had really talked up CSI Miami to Hank, Mm -hmm. because in my memory, it was very good and entertaining. And you got to love Horatio Kane, who is the red haired glasses guy from the memes. But uh, I think I'm very afraid that I was wrong (laughs) and that it's not a good show. And so before we watched it together, what it meant to me was uh, I just had memories from my childhood of sitting down and watching CSI Miami and having a blast. And then I still have very strong memories of telling other people how good CSI Miami is and that they should watch it. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And then I watched it with you and my reaction was, oh, no, (laughs) what have I done? This is not a good show. So, I guess what CSI Miami means to me at this point is regret, mostly regret.
0: Self pity and regret. Yeah. I mean, all all things considered, there are worse procedurals out there, and you could have told people to watch a much worse show. Yeah. But yes, from my perspective, CSI Miami is not a very good show, and it does not, it really shows all of the aspects of its background. That really led to it being kind of a kind of a flop overall in a time where other procedurals were really taking off and having success, and some even full spinoffs were doing the same with like SVU, right? Uh, CSI Miami itself was very quickly developed. Uh, spinoff, you don't say. Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: that doesn't show in any <laughs> aspect of the show at
0: Not not at all. It, so it was developed pretty soon after CSI. Do you know uh, in what season of CSI the episode that introduced these characters took place? Oh, is it like season two? It is absolutely season two, with the full season of CSI Miami uh, happening alongside CSI's third season, if I'm not mistaken. That's so quick. It is so quick. Uh, Much to the chagrin of William Peterson, who we mentioned in the previous episode, the star of CSI, the initial star, uh, Gil, who voiced his pleasure with the fact that they had already developed another CSI show. Released less than five years after the first. I, um, I
1: would agree with this man.
0: Yeah. What's better is that he did that while he was receiving an Emmy, <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> which is, I assume, just a, a lighthearted joke. But you know, pretty intense for the showrunner to just be like, "Yeah, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get this off the ground."
1: Yeah, it's also pretty intense to be actively getting an Emmy and then trashing on your sister show,
0: <laughs> the same network. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from the same network. <laughs> Whew. It is it is truly wild. But CSI Miami's roots are about what you would expect of them. Basically, showrunners saw the success of CSI, which takes place in America's home of the dirtiest, sexiest crime, and thought... Hey, where can we get sexier, boobier crime? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out Miami was the top of the list.
1: Yeah, so, checks out. Yeah,
0: checks out, especially from all of the cutaway shots.
1: Yeah, I, I can tell that the CSI Miami uh, show owners were thinking, where's the sexiest place in the United States?
0: Now, full, disc- full disclaimer, I did put those words in their mouth. They're mm-hmm. actually cited Miami's political and cultural diversity, at least for the time, making it a very strong candidate for the setting of the show. I think that has a lot more to do with writing a of the show rather than than actually filming or creating anything else for it because most of the show was filmed in Long Beach, California. (laughs) (laughs) There is also a quotation from the Wikipedia page that said that Anthony Zucker stated that whilst he intended for the series to look ridiculously gorgeous, he felt that the show was not about women walking around in bikinis. It's about science. From what it seems, it turns out that high color saturation and abundance of titties are absolutely critical to the scientific process. Yeah,
1: as someone who has recently seen the show i would argue that it's about 70% titties 30% <laughs> science
0: yeah that seems that seems fair i complained previously on csi about the weird science montages those are still here. They're just also dominated by the other type of interstitial work, which is outdoor Miami, looking out over the various little bays and lagoons, whatever they are, people on boats, people on beaches. And
1: women in bikinis.
0: Women in bikinis. Close-ups of woman after woman after woman in bikinis. Usually
1: I, of mostly their breasts.
0: Mostly of their breasts, yeah. Truly some wild framing for this show. <laughs> and CSI Miami, as we've already already talked about a little bit, is largely known for its extremely dominating main character. Uh, Horatio Kane who is rather iconic for his one-liners delivered directly before the either episode ends or before the opening credits of the episode often accompanied with him putting on his signature sunglasses
1: I gotta say I love Horatio Kane Horatio I hate Kane Horatio is, Kane but I love Horatio Kane
0: Horatio Kane is very interesting and we will have a very uh, Horatio Kane focused trivia session <laughs> oh no <laughs> um <laughs> Despite the iconic main character, the actors supporting cast were actually really devoted to the show, probably because they overall could use the work a bit more than David Caruso could. But the actually very first cast member attached is Emily Proctor, who played uh, I love Emily Callie Procter. Duquesne, I believe is her name. Yes, Callie Duquesne. She was the first actor attached to the show and one of its most staunch supporters. She also left The West Wing in order to star in this show, which is pretty wild.
1: That is crazy.
0: Yeah, like prestige television. I'm sure. I'm sure she had a small role. I've not actually seen The West Wing, right? But I've, you know, Aaron Sorkin is sort of a extremely well known name in this day and age, and it's very interesting to leave The West Wing to go ahead and star in CSI Miami. Yeah, I love her character in CSI Miami. She said Miami, she really likes her character and thought she was just kind of like a cool little nerd, right? Which is you know more power to her. Goals. Goals. Yeah. Among a lot of other things on the Wikipedia page I liked about this, I love this specific line from the Wikipedia entry. Adam Rodriguez departed in season 8, though he returned in season (laughs) 9. I know that seasons aren't monolithic and it's not like you have to leave on the finale, but regardless, it tells a very funny story. In spite of its strong and believing cast, CSI Miami also wound up being shorter-lived than the original, uh, bookended by it, in fact. It also lost out in a struggle for survival against its sister show, CSI New York, which producers said was budgetarily and ratings-wise effectively equivalent. Uh, However, New York gave them a... Leg up as there were other CBS New York procedurals going on, and it basically built a, a New York centric time slot for the network.
1: And it's got our boy Gary in it.
0: Our, bo- our boy what? Gary. Gary. Who's Gary again? <laughs> Gary Sinise. Gary. Gary Sin. Oh yeah, Gary. Gary Sin. Sinise, Sinise? Well, so
1: sometime before the end of this podcast, we'll figure out how to pronounce his <laughs> name.
0: I thought you were gonna say sometime before the end of this podcast, we're gonna get Gary Sinise on the show. That too,
1: <laughs> Gary. If you're listening, <laughs>
0: Gary. If you're listening, I think we've already appealed to you in two separate episodes of this four episode podcast.
1: I can't help that he's, you know, a great guy. He's in all the procedurals. Everybody wants him.
0: Good for Gary. I'm. I'm really happy that we Gary's love Gary. Doing so well. We love Gary. My last bit of preamble here is: there's also an episode called Terminal Velocity, which stars a pre-Flash Grant Gustin. Delightful. I don't know who that is. is that the Grant Flash? Gustin. That's the Flash from that's CW Flash.
1: Does he harness the Speed Force to fall out of an airplane or no, something? No.
0: Um. I believe he's he is, plays two twin sons of a sperm donor who dies in a what's it called skydiving accident.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. <Yep. laughs> that's the caliber I, I expect think he's from probably Space, Army. the
0: murderer because of his billing on the IMDb.
1: Like <laughs> Fair <if it's> enough. <laughs>
0: Also, you know, playing twins is usually indica- indicative of some kind of important role in the episode. No, he's just background. No, nah, it's just background. <laughs> oh, there's one more thing. Sorry. Uh, reception of the show during its 10 seasons was fine. It's sort of weird to read about a show doing mediocrely since the other three we've read about have all been like critically acclaimed. But it was not the smash hit dominating airwaves that CSI was, nor did it ever surpass the original in popularity like SVU did for Law & Order. Though it is cited for a remarkable international support, and the BBC named it the most popular television series in 2006 because it occurred on more top 10 viewing charts than any other show.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, I truly have no good explanation for that. I don't know how
1: that math turns out.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm not... I feel like there were better shows, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just weird to me that they're like that. The network says, "Oh, this is a trash that this is a trash show," but then like the BBC is like, "This is the best show that's ever been made." Yeah,
0: that was six years before it ended. To be fair,
1: maybe it's because they've never been to Miami.
0: That's true. The BBC's never been to Miami. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. (laughs) Or the network's never been to Miami because they filmed it in Long Beach, California. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) So before we get into our mini games and our Beautiful, beautiful episodes that we watched. Yes. We have to talk about our overall feelings of the show and our general ratings. So I can start because CSI Miami broke my heart. (laughs) Uh, I had such fond memories of CSI Miami, but Horatio Kane himself hunched those rose-colored glasses off and left me in awe of the thin line between soap opera and crime procedural. And not in a good way. I've given this show, it's hurt me, I think a 6.5.
0: I'm pretty sure that's roughly equivalent to where, like, I put.
1: That's where Law and Order. Law and fell. Order. Yes, that's where Law and so Order. So
0: you're fell. you're putting it on the same level as Law and Order. Yeah,
1: because at least it was entertaining.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna disappoint you more if not for my lack of an eloquent review than for my total disregard to your rating. <laughs> uh, this show isn't very good. It didn't deliver on any good A B plot in any episode that we watched. And Horatio Caine, I'll say it, isn't that compelling. Got nice bosoms though. And I'm talking about the show, not Horatio Kane. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm I'm going to have to put it at a 5.5 out of 10.
1: I'll accept your rating at the end, we can come to a conclusion.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have I haven't fully dived back into my notes yet. It's been a while since we watched these, so we'll see if you can convince me or if I can convince you.
1: So what what mini game do you have for
0: me? All right, so first off, let's go ahead and move right into the trivia. Feels like a good mini game to start, and I have some items that reference it later in the other trivia or I'd like to just be able to discuss it later. So I'd rather get it out of the way.
1: I'd like to let you know that I have five points right now.
0: Uh, Good that you're keeping track. I'm going to need you to keep keeping track because I'm not going to be keeping track. (laughs) You're going to have quite a few point opportunities today, I will say. I I have been doing an additional game since I started, which is the cast game, and that will not change uh, this episode in particular. Because I think there's some We can do
1: average per point opportunity.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll figure out something. I don't really care that much if I'm being honest. Okay, so I'll um, win. Continue. Yeah, you can just win. So first off, I have a a bit of an interesting question for you. What smash hit series has David Caruso appeared in multiple times since concluding his work on CSI Miami?
1: Is it Miami Vice?
0: I'm sorry, when do you think Miami Vice came out?
1: I don't know.
0: (laughs) No, it is not Miami Vice.
1: (laughs) Smash hit TV show. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it another procedural? Sorry, maybe I
0: should say which smash hit TV show.
1: Is it another procedural?
0: Is not. I can say that pretty definitively.
1: Is it Game of Thrones?
0: No. All right. I'm. You're not going to get this one. It's a trick question. It's none of them. He has retired completely from acting and oh. public life since the show concluded. Oh, okay. Um, there's multiple ideas. He was like 54, 55, or something when the show concluded. Yeah. Um, so, but he was also making like 400k an episode at that point. So there's not really much reason if you're kind of satisfied in life, right? To continue working or to find another job after that, uh, he also had a bit of a reputation too, which I'm guessing got worse as CSI went on. And there had been a lot of people working with him for a long time who would have been looked to attest to him on new shows. Right? He's like been a
1: reputation <laughs> for being a jerk.
0: Yes. Uh, Rob Zombie in an episode cited working with him as contributing to one of the worst two weeks of his life. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is, as far as I know, Rob Zombie's an okay person, but he makes weird work. Yeah. And then multiple producers uh, have slighted him, including calling him cancerous. <laughs> huh. Yeah, pretty rough. Anyway, though, continuing on with our Horatio Kane, or at the very least, David Caruso-themed trivia, David Caruso and original co-star for CSI Miami, Kim Delaney, both starred in what 12-season-long procedural together prior to CSI Miami, uh, where they were both hired to be the leads for the first season. Uh, I will say that he left the show, like, immediately, but...
1: And is it a show that I've seen before?
0: I don't think you've seen the show before, but you've definitely heard of it before.
1: Is it? It's before?
0: This was prior to CSI Miami. Um, I think it said that he, after he left the first season of this show, which I think he had like a prominent role in it, he basically didn't do any good work for eight years until he got hired on CSI Miami.
1: Is it? It's a crime procedural?
0: It is a crime procedural, yeah.
1: Is it Blue Bloods?
0: That's kind of close.
1: Is it like Chicago Fire?
0: No, that's a very new show. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> the Chicago series is like 2010 or, or no, not even that, like 2013 onward or something. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think you're gonna get it. But this is NYPD Blue, which I've ah. heard quite a few times because I watched a lot of media from around then. But I did not realize that he sort of made a name for himself for that at least the first season. So what you're saying left. is
1: that he should have been in CSI New York.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, probably. He he had he had a home ground familiarity with it already. Gary Gary sniped it up. I kind of you it, Gary. <laughs> god damn it Gary we're not mad at you we would love to talk <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to the next question Don Johnson was originally considered for the role of Horatio Kane. as a personal challenge to you Daphne who is Don Johnson
1: <laughs> that's really funny because <laughs> I was about to google
0: it <laughs> you're not allowed to google it I will oh, so there I'll, I'll accept anything that I know you might know him from that, he also so has, he's, a, an he has a, he's an actor yeah <laughs> he also has a famous daughter so if you can name who she is or what she's known for, then I'll accept that as well. <laughs> Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Interesting that you said Ryan Johnson. He's is, not related to Ryan Johnson. Okay, but
1: is his daughter's name Ryan? No, Rian Johnson. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, is he? Oh, is he in um the Knives Out?
0: He's in Knives Out. That's correct. He is the husband who's cheating on Jamie Lee Curtis. I can't remember his
1: character
0: that's correct do you know who his daughter is her name also starts with d yeah. and she has his last name
1: so. daphne johnson no
0: it's dakota johnson dakota from johnson. from uh the 50 shades series yes, 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 yes which is very fun to me i didn't never realize that until somewhat recently i think it was in the cosmonaut video where they were talking about it but yeah very fun good very good work he was also the star of miami vice which is how he's famous
1: so, so I, I get a point for that one
0: yeah you get a point for that one absolutely you knocked it out of the park hell yeah even if I gave you the, you said Ryan Johnson like immediately. So I had to kind of give you that because what were the odds? True. Right. Yeah. <laughs> This is a two-parter. Horatio Kane drives what kind of car?
1: It's a black Mustang.
0: No, it's a bit more uh, Florida than that, if you can imagine.
1: Ooh, is it a Charger?
0: No, no, he drives a gray Hummer too.
1: Oh, you sorry? Yeah, you mean you mean real Florida? <laughs> yeah,
0: real Florida. As a follow-up question to that, would Horatio Kane put a Punisher sticker on his back window?
1: Okay, that's so funny in the US because <laughs> I was gonna ask you. <laughs> If Horatio Kane would put a Punisher sticker on his car,
0: why we, we we can just both give each other a point for that one?
1: Yeah, then. yeah. Because um, the
0: answer is obviously yes. yes. <laughs>
1: well, it's funny. I was going to tell you that I, I actually think that Horatio Kane would want to kill the Punisher for and, being a vigilante. Um, <laughs> so they're like without in a, seeing the irony. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're in like a feedback loop. <laughs> yeah, no. Horatio Kane multiple times throughout the show commits extrajudicial murder, I believe. Yeah, and just kind of gets away with it. Yeah,
1: and threatens to kill people all the time. I
0: think he gets investigated for maybe one of the actual murders that he did at one point. But I'm he also going, nah. gets... Yeah, he also gets investigated for murders that he didn't do. So, you know. It
1: gets confusing.
0: Yeah, very wild.
1: But yeah, he for sure, he would hate Punisher, but also would <laughs> unironically try and kill the Punisher and succeed and not see the irony of
0: it. So, that, yeah, they had John Bernthal for a, a crossover episode. Had it continued on like SVU has, and he would have killed the Punisher. That would have been amazing.
1: <laughs> now that's a CSI Miami episode I, sh- I could watch.
0: Alright, this last one is no longer Horatio Cain related, unfortunately. Okay. Well, it kind of is, but um, there is a recurrent and fictional cartel in the show that appears throughout the series. Uh, it has a two word Spanish name that translates to what two words in English. And this is also something that you might have if you see them and are related to a Horatio Cain. I'm just looking for the translation of it. Yeah, I
1: know. If you see them you, you might have I, it.
0: I I will say I explicitly put this in there because I saw it in a description and I was like, does that just mean that in Spanish because that's pretty weird. So, is this something that I would I was able to reverse bullet wound? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I know what bullet and wound are in Spanish. This is something that I was able to translate from Spanish despite not having any formal <laughs> education in Spanish. That is.
1: Does it have a color in the name? uh no a little kiss
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that's a much better name but no it's malanocha so bad night <laughs> mm, it's
1: good, good very good, strange good.
0: and yep. that's all the trivia that's I
1: about what i expect from the writers of csi miami yeah
0: truly so i guess that means that you came out of that with two points which is pretty good yeah I about, guess seven points that's about average if not a little above average considering how poorly i did Alright, I think without further ado, we can go ahead and get started in, some qu- in uh, our first episode, if you'd like.
1: Yeah, let's dive into okay. these crazy-ass episodes. Sounds
0: great. Okay, so the median-rated episode is Season 10, Episode 6, and this is By the Book. This one I selected specifically out of a, out of a couple different options for median rated episode because it promised to be about vampires and then it barely was about vampires and I'm upset by that.
1: Yeah, I know from experience there's way more episodes about vampires in the CSI verse and I was yeah. disappointed this was a lame vampire episode.
0: Yeah. I mean, Castle has a goth vampire cosplay episode, which is super fun and cool. I actually don't remember much about that episode. It might be problematic. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) But I remember liking it as a kid. So so I was disappointed by this. So uh, do you want to go ahead and just recap some of it?
1: Yeah. So pretty much what happens is a... Like, uh, the other thing about CSI Miami uh, plot lines is they're so convoluted. Uh, so what happens is that a woman is found hanging upside down with all her blood drained in a mansion on an island. And the mansion belongs to the famed vampire novelist, whatever her name was. It's, it's supposed to be like Stephanie Meyer, right? Yep. Uh, it's, it's a Twilight episode, essentially. And so... On her remote island where she doesn't actually live, this lady is found dead, theoretically, by a vampire. Now, essentially what ends up to have happened is that turns out that the Stephanie Meyer stand-in has not written any of her books.
0: Well, since like the second one wow, or something. Yeah, since the
1: first or second one. And has been like ghostwriting them with her team of ghostwriters. So this mansion is actually where her team of ghost writers lives. And then if anyone shows up, they just pretend to be like the serving staff. And so they thought that this woman was a maid that was killed, but she's one of the three ghostwriters that works together to write these Twilight stand-in novels.
0: Yeah. You want me to take over? Go for it. Yeah. So basically, it unfolds. They bounce around from person to person as they realize that the gardener and the cook are actually fellow ghostwriters along with this lady. She's not just the only one, right? And then they go, they suspect that the author herself had something to do with it because the the ghostwriter was like potentially getting her own deal from the publisher soon. But then it turns out that the cook ghostwriter actually just got jealous because he thought he was doing all the work and she was getting all the ghostwriter credit for it, which is to say very little of the credit. (laughs) Um, And so he got angry and felt like he was invisible even to his author person who, you know, was just a, the the Stephanie Meyer stand-in was a terrible person. Which is also feeds back into like some kind of ant toxic Twilight stuff where Stephanie Meyer isn't like actually an awful person. She just had some fun ideas, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, this episode just kind of stuck with me because it was I felt like I was writing a better episode and then got disproven by it every single time in my head. Yeah. Right because for a while i was like oh she the writer must not actually exist and like it's just the ghost writer here right and it's like no she exists she's just uh, in the bahamas or whatever yeah in the bahamas <laughs> supposedly but actually she's on a beach in south beach not getting recognized somehow just this over like overwhelming amount of like I kept kept Teasing as though it was going to go in a direction that would have been interesting, and kept doing everything it possibly could to subvert that expectation and continue to be boring.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was because like they tell you what happens essentially at the very beginning, and then they're like, "No, that couldn't have been it." And then they come back at the very end, they're like, "Oh no, you know, that is who did it, and that is how it happened." <laughs> yeah, You're like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> why are we doing this? And then like it followed up with very gratuitous scenes of the oh, murder God, happening. Yeah. Which included, like, the killer, which is the cook. But, like, you don't care. It doesn't matter. No, it, it's,
0: it feels like the ending of Clue where it literally just could slot in any of the characters.
1: Yeah. And so the cook takes a needle and puts it in between this lady's toes and, like, drains her blood that yes. way. And he, like, drugs her too so that she, like, doesn't fight him or whatever. And it's, like, super horrendous to watch because, you know, needles going between toes. And yeah. All and it's, like, way too long. lasts way too long.
0: It's also set up as like a gotcha because she wrote this exsanguination scene that he was like, oh, that's not realistic. And here, I'll show you how to exsanguinate someone, yeah. how long it would take.
1: And you're like, how were you planning on getting
0: away with this? <laughs> yeah, it's super it's super weird. Just unfathomably weird. He's also the one that calls the cops too. Strange. And he
1: like kills her outside of the house. Yeah. Theoretically drags her body across the island and then like what hangs her up in the kitchen and nobody else on this island notices. Yeah. Excuse me?
0: <laughs> yeah. The whole episode they spend just basically ping-pong between subje- subject subject suspects and there's basically no payoff when they finally get the the chef it's it was basically like that law and order episode we watched where it just sort of turned into like mask off on the bad guy and he's all of a sudden in the interrogation fully uh, admitting it and talking about what a mastermind he is and it's like this isn't good writing
1: (laughs) something i think that we really need to note about um csi miami as a whole which i think this episode really exemplifies is it's always the dandruff and all the csis it's the dandruff that gets you every single time so keep that in mind please before you go to a crime scene, mind your dandruff. Yeah, really, because it causes ninety nine percent of, I guess, <laughs> criminal catching in the CSI universe.
0: <laughs> that was in the that was in the um episode of CSI we watched too.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's in CSI and CSI in Miami. They're obsessed with the dandruff. Crazy. I got to go into a small rant here. Yeah, go for by it. By the way, of um, course. Now I want to say that this uh, murder wouldn't have happened if ghostwriting didn't exist. <laughs> And I really want to stick to that story and that notion because I can't stress this enough. I think ghostwriting sucks. (laughs) Yeah. it's not the ghostwriters themselves. I just believe strongly that you should pay people for their work and give them credit for it.
0: No, I I totally agree with that. And the
1: whole concept and industry of ghostwriting is built around rich people underpaying writers to create something that they couldn't create on their own. And it's like, give co-author credit, the very least. Yeah. You know? Like why does it have? why do you have to pretend that you were like such a great author, right? Like I'm gonna call out probably we'll say William Shatner has been <laughs> several memoirs, and you're telling me that he can't just put like written by William Shatner and name of ghostwriter. You know what I'm saying? Would that really devalue the book at all?
0: Right. No. I mean, it's just when it comes to giving credit to your ghostwriters versus not giving credit. When you're not giving them credit, you're basically scamming your consumer into believing you're good at something that you're not, right? Or at the very least that you did something you didn't do. <laughs> yeah. Which is very strange. And so I think there's like the aspect of the argument, oh, well, if we don't if we say that it was ghostwritten, people will be less interested in it. It's like yeah, probably, because it's less interesting. <laughs> you know? But that shouldn't be the only thing that determines whether you do something, right? Um but it's then just crazy. but then also, I don't know, I I feel like I'm more likely to read something that's been ghostwritten by a random person that I that I like as a or like to follow as a human because that tells me, Oh, oh cool, they actually got a professional to help them with this, right? Yeah. <laughs> At the very least. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, you know, I always say what is it Logan Paul's book that's like super wacky know. and full of typos and crazy stuff? It's like you know that's not ghostwritten, but maybe it should have been.
0: <laughs> yeah, may- and like there's also writers' assistance which just help high profile authors w- to make sure that they don't like make mistakes while trying to also do a lot of work, right? And that I I'm, I think that's totally cool.
1: Yeah, but as long as they get them. credit,
0: if they get credit <laughs> too, yeah.
1: and pay them really cool. what they deserve. Yeah, you
0: no, know, there should there should be credits in books. Uh, that, are, that are big enough that, that they require it.
1: Yeah, and you get all these people, famous people, making like multi million dollar book deals. And what do the ghostwriters see of that? Very little, I yeah. suspect. <laughs>
0: Rants always welcome on the podcast, but the show must go on. Let's carry on to season four, episode 22, Open Water. This one I got really excited by when it was a freebie, uh, lowest rated episode because it was a shark episode.
1: Woohoo! Woo! I'll have you know the first thing I have written down about this episode is SEXY in all caps. I have
0: shark guy first because I wanted to make sure I I remember what the episode was like that. Uh, But I also have bosom's exclamation (laughs) mark on the second line. So I'm right there with you. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So this episode kicks off with a man already overboard a cruise ship. You're not really sure how he got there. Swarmed by sharks. Swarmed by sharks and slowly devoured by sharks. He's also observed by like seven mostly naked women and who are just kind of like standing there over, you know, the cruise ship is really high up and he fell really far. I, I, don't, they, I don't know if they throw, I don't remember if they throw him like a life preserver. They do. They throw him a life preserver. Yeah, but the staff takes forever to get there. Despite the fact that there is a loudspeaker man overboard going from like second number four of him being in the water. Now,
1: what's also really funny is that, so he's like thrown this flotation device, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's like trying to get to it or whatever. But also at the same time, the captain is shooting the sharks around him, which if you can imagine is just a hilarious sight to see. He's like, oh, man overboard. The captain comes out and is like-
0: (laughs) Firing at the man that's overboard. Yeah, firing at the
1: guy from the top floor of this cruise ship. Very funny. So spoiler alert, the man does not get to the flotation device and gets absolutely devoured by these sharks.
0: Yep. They go on to speak with the man's wife, who they discover uh, he married after meeting on this very cruise, which I believe was <laughs> concluding as it as it entered back to Miami. The wife has also has a oh, I, as I wrote down a sus Disney teen stepdaughter. Or sorry, <laughs> sorry, a sus Disney teen daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um who is then his stepdaughter by proxy there. Yeah. I also, this is the first time I wrote down about the absolutely jacked up saturation because they are fully indoors and it looks like the uh, cinematographer is trying to convey that they're in Mexico in an action movie. Absolutely (laughs) insane. Uh, And it's like constantly sunrise or sunset, just sun piercing into this glass building as well. So crazy. Then they also, uh, basically there's more a B plot here as they investigate the route of thinking that this man might have been killed by the crew because there is a woman actively missing from the boat who was suspiciously in the sick bay without a report, and then it becomes clear that she had avian flu. Yeah. uh, Which I believe you said that they called it aviary flu. Well,
1: in the recap on IMDB, they called it aviary
0: flu. Hilarious. (laughs) Basically, A plots and B plots do some uh, switcheroos, some dances, but end up being completely disjoint and not very related. The man was pushed overboard by his stepdaughter when he found out that the first mate of the boat had been having a sexual relationship with her she's 16 during the cruise she is 16 years old and like i said looks like she could be on disney channel <laughs> um that was pretty pretty bad and they don't seem to make a, pass a lot of judgment
1: no they don't care about that <laughs> no they don't
0: the only man who is concerned for her safety Seemed to be her stepdaughter, who she, her, stepfather. her stepfather, who she promptly murdered.
1: <laughs> she promptly pushed off a boat into, I guess, randomly shark-infested waters. It's not really explained. It's that the boat is dumping, right? Like, it's doing illegal dumping yes. and trash and stuff. And that's like the, oh, the illegal dumping attracted the sharks. But, like... <laughs>
0: That's it's it's really basically irrelevant works. to it, except it kind of comes up because they find the the missing uh, avian flu woman's body in the trash bays of the lower of the uh, ship, which is yeah. like, huh, interesting.
1: <laughs> it's, honestly, it's the whole avian flu subplot is so funny because one, it's out of nowhere. Too. there's no like additional context for it so like watching it in 2023 it's like randomly out of the blue they're like she had avian flu yeah but then it like turns out she didn't and it was a false positive so the cruise captain uh, was like oh she has avian flu but the woman was not cooperating and so she tried to leave but she was like delirious and sick with something that wasn't avian flu and then in response to her trying to leave he takes off his binoculars and strangles yeah. her to death
0: garrotes her with the binocular Yes, strap. but
1: the the funny thing about this is, right, imagine she does have avian flu, right? This man walking around, no mask, no gloves, no other protections. The ship doctor is also not wearing any PPE. And he just He's like, hmm, how should I deal with this? I know. I'll walk up to her and strangle her face to face. That's how I'll get rid of this avian flu risk on my ship.
0: Which is also like so malinformed because avian flu does not currently, or back in 2006, whenever this came out, transfer between humans.
1: <laughs> It was so
0: weird. Truly crazy, and he was
1: like Horatio, you would have done the same thing. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, I don't know, that's true. But after watching a couple episodes, I think I might agree
0: with him. No, he would have shot her. <laughs> yeah,
1: he would have shot her in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, so I I had written down that this episode predicted the COVID cruise ship.
0: Yep, truly <laughs> the, the the COVID quarantine cruise ship. Mm-hmm. And so the episode ends, and they like arrest the the ship's captain, and presumably the first mate gets to at least for somewhat, you know, the the pedophile first mate gets to be the captain of the cruise, ship. and they're just cool with that. It's a happy end. yeah
1: happy ending (laughs) everything's been
0: resolved stepdaughters go into prison it's all beautiful
1: all the real villains (laughs) there's
0: also a subplot in here i will say about horatio kane being investigated by an fbi agent for something related to uh what's his name delco uh delco eric delco aka luke Alves from uh criminal minds eric delco's sister at the end of this episode, Horatio Kane proposes to Eric Delco's sister.
1: Which has to be at least 20 years
0: younger than him. Yeah, no, she's super young, and it's very weird. And they do get married, and then she dies, so...
1: Yeah, as could be imagined. Yeah. Very odd. Uh, I think that the, oh, this episode is also of note because it has Leslie Autumn Jr.
0: in it. It does have Leslie <laughs> Autumn Jr. in it. I think he's a, he's in, like, 10 episodes as one he's of just, the techs.
1: He's a CSI tech, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty run-of-the-mill episode.
1: Yeah, very, um,
0: very crazy. I, I have to say... Since this one's at the bottom, presumably there's no AstroTurfed episodes, or not AstroTurfed. What's the word I'm looking for? Review Bomb. So, Review Bomb. Thank you. So maybe this really is the worst episode.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't a good episode. It was very fast-paced, and there were like eight different plots going on, and none of them were particularly strong. I did think there was a scene that happened that I think is very indicative of CSI Miami, Mm -hmm. and it's at one point a magician on the cruise ship is trying to seduce one of the suspects. (laughs) And this, this is the mom mm-hmm. of the stepdaughter. And it's like a flashback that all this is happening, right? And so he comes up to her and he pulls her room key out of her boobs and says, Is this your card?
0: Oh, yes. Because there's like, there's some, because he robbed her, didn't he? Yeah, he robbed yeah, her. And,
1: and that's just like, okay. <laughs> yep.
0: Uh, thanks, CSI Miami. Really appreciate that. But it's about science.
1: Yeah. I have also written down, I've never seen Burn Notice, but this reminds me of it.
0: <laughs> I think Burn Notice is another like high-saturation Floridian-esque uh, crime-type show. So
1: well, I have one more comment. Oh, go for it, yeah. That I also have written down that 16-year-olds will really kill a man and not have to talk to their parents. Huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's revealed that her mom has a habit of just meeting people on these cruises and marrying them. But this time, she said the cruise was for us, and she did it anyway. That's part of her motivation in... Also sleeping with the first mate, I think. Very uncomfortable. Very very unnecessary overall. I don't know. All right. Before we get to this absolute knockout of a top episode of CSI Miami, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about the cast quiz that I have here. So how this works is that I'm going to give you two actors slash characters from the show. And Daphne's going to have to tell me who appears in more episodes. Okay. Sound good? Yep. Awesome. All right. So first up for you, I have a matchup of the two most important side characters slash, you know, main characters, basically. Uh, The the two most important non-Horatio Kane people on the show. Uh, That is Adam Rodriguez as CSI Eric Delco and Emily Proctor as Kaylee Duquesne. Who do you think was in more episodes? Callie Duquesne. Callie? Oh, sorry, Callie. Well, it's spelled very interesting.
1: Yeah, I didn't notice that. (laughs) I believe it's Callie.
0: It, probably. Uh, Both of her names are very interesting. No, no, no.
1: But... I'm, I'm telling you my answer is Callie. I know that it's Callie Duquesne. Got you. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, Callie Duquesne, that is correct. Callie Duquesne uh, in 232 episodes of the show.
1: Because what's-his-face gets shot and is out for a little bit. Yeah, then... you're right.
0: I did mention, I, bur- I buried the, or I, I dug up the lead, I guess, a little bit by mentioning that he did leave the show for a little bit. So. But yeah, you, you got that 100% correct. Uh, it is Emily Proctor. All right, next up, and this one could be surprising to you, we have Emily Proctor as Callie Duquesne, or David Caruso as Lieutenant Horatio Cain?
1: No, I feel like I can't tell if you're tricking me or not.
0: (laughs) Whatever do you mean?
1: Well, okay, so Horatio goes to Mexico to, like, extrajudicially kill some people. That's
0: correct, but the show does follow him when he's there.
1: Yeah, which means that Callie wouldn't be in it. Mm. But I feel like he's gone for, like, a bit because like he has to, like, lay low after he murders the people. So I'm going to say Callie.
0: Uh, I will not give that to you. They are both credited in every single episode of CSM, Every single right? episode. Which is very surprising. Nice. Usually you get one, maybe two characters. I think, like for example, Castle, they're probably both in all of the episodes who are in every single episode. But not in this case, the two main characters. So yeah, a little she trick really, question. She but really I...
1: did like that show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a little trick question, but I also give you more point opportunities. And these ones are 50-50, so it's all good. All right, so next up, I have some some further down the list backup characters. We have Eva Larue as Natalia Boavista, who I think I remember from the show, but I yeah. don't quite remember. I, she's probably in. There.
1: Pretty sure she's in the vampire one. Yeah.
0: And Jonathan Togo or Togo, I'm I'm not sure, yeah. as Ryan Wolf. These two are are pretty pretty major major <sighs> yeah. players, but not in it for the whole thing. I'll tell yeah. you that.
1: I remember Natalia leaves at one point.
0: She also is. I don't think they're at the start. So.
1: Yeah, and then I know that. The other guy also gets shot and is like out right. for a little bit, and so I think my guess would be
0: that the guy's there longer. That is correct. 182 episodes versus 153. Awesome. All right, now this one is where it's going to get tough here. Um, I mentioned her earlier, but Kim Delaney, who is also an NYPD Blue, plays Lieutenant Megan Donner at the be- right at the beginning of the show, but before she leaves, citing incompatibility with. <laughs> with david caruso or at least lack of chemistry or uh alana della garza as marisol delco at, at one point wife to horatio and half sister to eric
1: okay it's got to be the got to be the first person
0: uh kim delaney the yeah, important. Yeah. she's in for 10 episodes she did not even make it a whole season before she trapdoors out the show <laughs> uh, marisol delco made it for 13 episodes oh my as a side god, side character I apologize, Daphne, but that is... That's
1: embarrassing for CSI Miami.
0: That's pretty embarrassing to not be able to keep your ostensible star. Also, she was cited as like a high point of the early parts of the show.
1: I have uh, not seen this one. Wo- I don't think I've seen a single episode with this woman
0: in That's it. very funny. <laughs> I didn't recognize her. Uh, but yeah. All right. So you get two points out of that. That's pretty good. I feel we've also learned some important lessons. Like, uh, if you can't get along with co-stars, you're not going to make it big like they are. I'm just kidding. David Caruso sounds like he's an interesting man to work with. All right, thanks, Daphne. Shall we go ahead and proceed with our top episode?
1: Yes, let's talk about it.
0: All right. This is the episode Going Ballistic. It is rated at an 8.2. It was one of two episodes of that rating. But we watched this one as it was a season finale as well.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> a guy falls off a building. Yep. Well, he's more or less pushed off a building, right? And the crew, the CSI crew, shows up to investigate. And this is right after the main like, medical examiner leaves, right? And so it's like a new thing because it's like, oh, we're going to introduce who the new medical examiner is. And so she shows up and starts looking at the body and then she goes, oh, he's breathing. And then she instantly gets shot in the head and dies. So that's crazy. And then, God, this is such a convoluted episode. Turns out the guy that was pushed, I think it ends up he was pushed by his brother or someone working for his brother. Doesn't really matter, but he was involved in illegal arms dealing. And he was going to inform on the illegal arms dealing to the FBI, I think.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: And so what happens is that they figure out this whole, like, intricate scheme or whatever. And in the process, find out that Horatio's ex-wife's new husband, a lot of qualifiers there, whose name is Ron, Ron is involved in the illegal arms dealing.
0: Ron's a special man.
1: Ron's a special man. You know, David Caruso says some mean things to him. (laughs) Uh, He gets his ex-wife and son to flee the country.
0: Yeah.
1: And because he's going after Ron, I guess, and he's afraid that Ron's going to hurt them. I don't know. It's kind of confusing. And then at the very end, he gets shot and theoretically uh, bleeds to death. But obviously, we know that he doesn't. It's all a setup.
0: Yeah, it's all set up. Um, it's fake. He's trying to because at the end of the episode, they arrest the guy's brother, who is the one producing these special arms that go straight through armor, then explode in the in a person, which is very weird. But these armor-piercing, skin exploding rounds are produced by this guy's brother. He sends him to jail, and then that guy's brother is like makes a call from inside jail and is like Horatio Kane, kill him <laughs> ominously, and then Horatio. Uh, apparently on screen is shot and collapses on the runway. Very weird episode. At one point there, they, the reason that they find the fed that the guy who was thrown out the window was talking to initially is because the fed had met him in the place where he was killed, where he was pushed out the window, gotten mad at him and then smacked a ladder over so hard that he bled on it. So they were able to track down his DNA and and call in this Fed, who is the most fed looking guy imaginable. It's so funny to be like, Oh yeah, this guy's an arms dealer or whatever. One thing I had written down about this Well actually I had it written down about a different episode but it also applies to this is why I don't know why they were like the f- on on scene immediately of an apparent suicide right like I know people don't usually throw themselves through plate glass windows but at the same time there hadn't really been any other signs of foul play there and then Horatio Kane's just on the scene Popping shots at a sniper, he has no clue where they are, <laughs> which is another thing.
1: Yeah, and then after that uh, medical examiner gets murdered in front of them, they don't seem to care that much. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, sucks. And then have another <laughs>
0: medical examiner who's like, the what now?
1: <laughs> Something I thought that was really funny was that throughout the episodes that we watched, there's like a reoccurring issue with the CSI department that they're constantly being investigated for doing stuff wrong and you know like violating laws and stuff like that and then like time and time again you're like wow they're being so mean to the CSI people and then you're like wait they did violate those laws yeah <laughs> they are they are doing bad things and then at one point Horatio is like all mad because they have to watch what they say in the police precinct because there's they got eyes everywhere and they're trying to take them down he responds to this by um, going up to his ex-wife's new husband and telling him, you're going to be dead by Father's Day. God. <laughs> it's an um, extremely
0: a healthy relationship for a police officer to have with the community that he serves.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yes, this guy is an arms dealer. Um, but also, <laughs> Horatio, you can't just threaten to kill people. At least it's realistic. That's true. You can't just threaten to kill people in a police station, especially when the FBI is actively, or CIA, I don't remember, someone is there actively investigating you for doing sketchy stuff.
0: No, it's it's definitely a time, especially considering the extrajudicial murders that he does throughout the series. He just, like, goes to Brazil and then shoots a crime lord. I mean, he puts himself in a risky position, and then, you know, sure, it's self-defense, but also, why'd you go down there, man? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Very odd, very odd. And the other important thing to know about this episode is that Bean did not like the opening.
0: The opening of this episode with all the gunfire?
1: I don't know. I don't remember. I don't All remember. I have written down is that Bean did not like this episode.
0: That's funny. I did not make a note of this, but uh, that's the
1: first thing I wrote down. Uh, I vaguely Bean remember does this. Not like this episode. Yeah, our dog. Is our dog.
0: Our dog's is very reactive to television animals, especially quadrupedal animals, including some memes of cats that show up on like gaming videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes he's usually fine about human stuff, but I guess he was just like very. This upset. episode, he hated. Yeah.
1: Not the best CSI Miami episode. as we know,
0: Bean Bean does hate humans traveling very quickly, and this episode (laughs) does begin with a man falling out of a plate glass window. That's true. It checks out to me.
1: Checks out. Yeah.
0: Uh, A a human riding golf cart, human falling out of window, it's the same thing to Bean.
1: (laughs) Horrific. Yeah. Hank, what would you say about this uh, this beautiful, beautiful episode? (sighs) Would you say this is the best CSI Miami episode?
0: I hope not. God. God, I hope not look at the description of the other best uh, other CSI Miami episode with this rating I think I'm gonna be more critical to pick out my my list of the ones that are in the same group in the future yeah that sounds a lot better <laughs> oops <laughs> oh well uh I I just I don't know it's it's like one of those ones that probably had a ratings bump because ooh he gets shot at the end except since you know the 70s that's just been a common trope right it's not original or interesting to do that anymore so it just feels weird to have that constantly be the thing that, that makes it really good. Um, if I had to guess, the best episode of Castle is also gonna be the one where um, Beckett gets shot, but we'll see when we get to that that show. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's let's wrap up now that we've talked about the at least our discussion on the show as a whole here before we get into the episode game. You held a six point five before, which is where Law and Order ended up. I ran towards a five point five. Now I'm um, wait I- I'm gonna give you some, some wiggle room for the titties, Daphne. Uh-huh. Uh and I don't mean that in the way that I usually do. <laughs> I mean, the, my rating can go up a little bit because of how charged the sexual energy is in this show. But I, I can't, I can't, in good conscience.
1: Can I make a comment on that really quick. Yeah, go ahead. I just want you to know that I have the IMDb page for CSI Miami by the book written, or sorry, CSI Miami by the book pulled up right now. Yeah. And I was like going to close it as you were talking, and I realized that in the storyline section it has tags right of oh, um, things delightful. that happen. This is
0: the this is the vampire uh, novelist one. Yes,
1: yeah, this is the vampire novelist one. The f- First two tags for this episode are tied up while barefoot and tied feet. And I just need you to to like really marinate
0: in that. God. At least they spelled tied correctly.
1: Oh, God. Hey, uh, also on that list is Dune. Fun fact Dune? The things that have the tag tied up while
0: barefoot. Oh, yeah, because of Lady Jessica. Jesus Christ. Is it bad that I can think of why why that is immediately? (laughs) She does does like kill a guy with her feet, I think. So that's pretty hot. (laughs) And I'm not even into feet. At least the new one. Anyway, <laughs> let's carry on before Hank incriminates himself further. All right, so where where are you feeling? Are you still hardlining at 6.5 or are you you i could go down down? to six especially
1: i'm really both distracted and unnerved by the tied up while barefoot tag um it's very distracting me right now i think that uh, the six is where my brain is going to have to to let it be just for that
0: all right um i'm going to say that because there could be other sixes in the future that i don't want to associate with csi miami let's go ahead and put it a 5.9 just for safety okay 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 Okay. all right i'm writing 5.9 down in my journal of truth Underlining it four times, putting a star next to it, and case closed. Okay. Let's go ahead and talk about the episode game that I've come up with. Okay? Are you, are you ready? I, I, I am. All right. Um, this, this first set of episodes, I have uh, labeled the Florida series. Television, Season 6, Episode 18. The team finds a body in a sinkhole, which turns out to be related to an underground bank robbery. This case also involves an incriminating video of a wealthy businessman's daughter with a drug dealer. Okay. Uh, Tweak Week, Season 5, Episode 4. An explosion at a downtown meth lab shocks Miami as the loyalty of one of the team's own is called into question. A drug kingpin returns from the dead to call in a favor with Horatio. Death Grip, Season 2, Episode 4. A young girl is kidnapped from her bedroom in the dead of night, and when an arm shows up without the body attached, it doesn't seem to belong to the victim. A crocodile gets the blame, but the team must uncover if there is more going on than meets the eye. Do You need to hear any of those again? So we have... I think... We have Sinkhole, we have Meth, and then we have uh, Crocodile. The funny thing
1: is, is I think I've seen all three of these episodes. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to have to go with Meth Lab. Okay, so well, let me tell you my thinking here okay, is that yeah, I've it. seen a single episode yep. of something. This is what I
0: was concerned with about this one, is that Daphne would just be like, I've seen these.
1: But I, don't, I can't remember if it was A Thousand Ways to Die or if it was a <laughs> Miami episode, if that tells you anything about the tone of both of those shows. Yeah. And so I, the single one could be not true. Okay. But I think I'm going to go with Meth Lab. I've definitely seen a Meth Lab. CSI but I don't know which CSI it was because all of them have meth lab episodes. yeah
0: yeah no for sure
1: but I'm gonna go with CSI because the other two I, I feel I feel good about
0: meth lab is correct there is a meth lab explosion episode and it has a convolution convoluted plot involving a fed and like their involvement in it and so I just kind of I, I kind of made up the part about it being downtown and then loyalty and the drug kingpin thing, because I thought that sounded realistic. No, that sounds,
1: that's very, yeah. very realistic. I, it
0: sounds like a good episode to
1: me. Yeah. But
0: yeah, the sinkhole with the bank robbery uh, Real, I will say, these things are written horribly horribly on IMDb so I had to editorialize a little bit. Sometimes they're just like they're they're very short. So I had to I have had to work around that and I've had to add lines to it by finding out more about the episode. Yeah. So originally the death grip didn't mention the crocodile at all, even though that was that is the gator slash crocodile episode. Um so I had to add it there just to make sure why I included in the list. (laughs) But yeah, very, very good. All right that's that you got one of them. All right I have two more questions on this. So now I after I came up with the name tweak week. Uh, I did find out there is an episode called Tweaks and Geeks, <laughs> <laughs> but that one did not directly have say that it had to do with meth. So I was like, I'll, I'll keep the I'll keep my fake meth one. Yeah. All right. Series two we have here. This one does not have really have a theme. We have bad luck. Alex's estranged mother arrives at the station, claiming her stepfather has been kidnapped. Horatio experiences the pains of his newfound boat ownership as his dock neighbor turns out to be a high profile arms dealer. Oh my god. <laughs> the next one is money plane. A cargo plane crashes, but things get spicy when it is discovered someone in the hold was already dead at the time of the crash. And then we have Dark Room. CSI steps up the search for a potential serial killer who may be connected to a professional photographer after it is discovered that Natalia's sister may be the next victim.
1: Once again, I feel like I've seen all three <laughs> of these episodes. You did a very good job. Thank you. Now it's like parsing which ones, like, because, like, you know, I've seen a lot of CSI in my day. Like, I feel like. All of these have been a CSI episode, whether or not it's been CSI Miami or not. I don't mm-hmm. know.
0: I'm going to go with. You want me to say them again? Yeah, same again. Uh, bad luck. Alex's stepfather. Horatio's boat. Money plane. Cargo plane crash. Somebody already dead on board. Dark room. Serial killer uh, connected to a photographer with Natalia involved very
1: good because these are all very very likely i might be in a lot of trouble i'm gonna go with the second one again the money
0: money plane. plane money plane is a real episode i had to keep it because of the name because it's the same as a very low budget uh movie that kelsey Grammer appeal appears in that is off the premise that all crime is legal on a mo- on a plane called the money plane. <laughs> very <laughs> weird uh but no the fake one is bad luck um, I have no idea if Alex has uh, a a good relationship with her mother <laughs> or a stepfather, for that matter. Uh, I assume Horatio has a boat, but no. I apparently my 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 secret to these first two was just writing something about Horatio doing something <laughs> ostensibly bad. Uh, <laughs> so. Like owning a boat. <laughs> yeah, really. well, no, I meant the the uh, high profile arms dealer. Right. <laughs> that's what I was referring to. I guess he's not doing anything bad. All right, uh, my that's uh, that's one point so far for this for this game. Carrying on with the last question of our game here. First up, we have Wannabe. CSI Wannabe steals crucial evidence from a murder scene and compromises the case. The team must recover it in time to track down the suspects before it is too late. Next, we have Bad Romance. The young wife of a real estate baron is found dead at his Miami resort hotel, with him apparently to blame. Ryan stands alone among the team for believing him innocent. We have Paint It Black. Horatio and Eric try to find out what role a co-ed with dual personalities played in the murder of her roommate in a spa. I think it's painted black. It's you Think it's painted fake. black is false, is mm-hmm. fake. That is incorrect. Although Dang. it is a good lean lean on if you do find a procedural that isn't doesn't have a episode about multiple personalities yeah. to make a fake episode about it cuz it happens all the time. <laughs> no, uh, bad romance is fake. Mm-hmm. Um I I wrote one that Sounded like it was based on Donald Trump, and then there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I saw Wannabe, and I'm like, okay, what songs can I pull from here? And I legitimately could only find Paint It Black. Thank you for playing that. I'm very I'm very happy how that went compared to how the last one of these went. But it probably helps that the IMDb descriptions for these episodes are written by a child.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh I'd like to take a second here to read you some quotes from the imdb
0: page yeah absolutely let's go ahead and do do just that
1: uh, i'll just show you a couple i just really want you to appreciate the majesty of the writing for this show sure
0: thing horatio kane
1: you know what they say you lie down with the devil you wake up in hell Wow. wow. Puts on this is also horatio kane at the end of the day if we don't hang together we die alone spoken like a true thin blue liner <laughs>
0: Spoken like a true person with a Punisher sticker on the back of his car who would absolutely kill the Punisher.
1: Yeah, on the back of his Humvee.
0: Yeah, on the back of his Humvee. Sorry, that's that important. <laughs>
1: that is that is an important detail. At the end of the day, if we don't hang together, we die alone, says Horatio Cain. Wanted murderer. <laughs> uh, known for spending CSI resources to get away with murders.
0: Yeah, and obfuscating relevant information from feds.
1: This one is fun because I think we need to put it on a poster. It just, tomorrow's what you make of it.
0: I, I i'd like to read you one uh-huh. um horatio kane the rumor of a dirty cop is far juicier than its confirmation robert keaton you just called your own brother a dirty cop horatio kane said maybe he was but he didn't deserve to die robert robert we all have to die sometime horatio some sooner than others i'm sorry robert do you know how to talk to somebody who just lost a loved one like what <laughs> the hell we all have to die sometime so he's crying over it i did see that uh, horatio's brother raymond is played by the um we got Dennis from 30 Rock, the mascot for uh, Allstate. Nice. Mayhem, is that his name? Yeah. The character name? Yeah. So I thought that was funny. I tried to work that into a trivia question, but eh, it wasn't that <laughs> interesting. But there you go. Also, Alex, the character Alex Woods is spelled with two X's, and I adore that. So Beautiful.
1: Well, so what are, what are your final thoughts about this show?
0: Final thoughts about this show? I honestly will not be disappointed if I never watch another episode before I die.
1: That's fair. Yeah, I think it was disappointing in retrospect i don't think it holds up um i liked it a lot when i was a kid but now that i'm watching it i'm like this is unwatchable unwatchably bad though there are a lot of breasts
0: yeah that's a redeeming quality
1: i said and it also has um lo-fi beats to solve crimes too (laughs) quite frequently
0: that's true so Uh, it's very chill music
1: yeah the music is very bopping there's a lot of fast-paced shots of the city Hot women, usually interspersed with some brutal murder.
0: For good measure.
1: Yeah, and Horatio Kane like looking calmly into the middle distance. <laughs> so it's just um it's a very specific show. I don't know that I can recommend it. It might be good to watch a single episode for the experience though.
0: Yeah. I did watch a clip from an episode where Horatio Kane murders like six cartel members in one of the episodes, which he does while they are all pointing rifles at him. Which is just so strange. Like I know he's a sharpshooter and all that, but like, come on, guys! <laughs> he killed so many people who were who all had guns trained on him, and it's like, okay, well, whatever. Horatio Kane can do whatever he wants. Clearly, and the world cannot stop him. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to a, an episode four of our podcast. We're gonna put put behind the world of extremely pop contemporary television. Not really contemporary anymore, but. Television from our lifetime uh, behind us for right now, and go to some individual shows. Next up, I believe, since Daph- we're doing Daphne's host, we're going to do a pair of older shows. The next one we're going to do is Murder She Wrote. Yeah, and I'll leave it to you to speculate what comes after that.
1: And hopefully, Angela Lansbury is uh, better to work with than David Crusoe.
0: <laughs> well, I hope so. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, so I will. I will say in our SVU episode, I did mention. Uh, I think I basically said like. Ripped to to Detective Munch, you were a real one or something. We recorded that a while before um, actor um, Richard Belzer died. So that was, <laughs> and then it released after, which I felt sad about, but also I guess it was it could just stay as is. I don't know. Weird, weird stuff. Weird stuff. Weird stuff. What weird we're saying
1: is, watch out. <laughs> watch
0: out, David Caruso. Yeah. Oh God, Gary, Gary, get safe, Gary. Yeah. No. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Procedural Veneration. For feed updates and episode reveals, follow us on Instagram at procedural.veneration. Check out what else we do. Go to www.dank.pizza. Thanks to Jacob Pratoulos for the awesome theme song. tough, but sexy.